not going to surprise me if uh, Roro ends up getting a call from uh, either Vivek Ranadive or uh, uh, Monty McNair, you know, for this coming October or, or November. And Vivek, Monty, if you're listening, let's wait on that until maybe late November, early December. You know, let, let us win the cup first. Welcome, Sacramento soccer fans, to the State of the Republic podcast. I'm your host, Luis, and y'all don't even know how much I missed actually saying that because it feels like the last time we uh, recorded a podcast was probably like a month ago, but that's not the case. Uh, it's just we got a week off, but it felt longer, but alas, it was actually worth it too because uh, today we're going to be talking about uh, last Saturday's result, uh, which was quite epic. I think it's been a while since uh, I've seen a, a last minute, a literal last minute win here by the republic in addition to that we're actually going to be talking about something that actually just uh surfaced a few hours ago and shout out to jared for uh bringing it up to our attention but it looks like we actually have a call up to a national team uh, specifically to mexico so we'll be talking about uh what player uh, that is also we're going to be taking a look at this wednesday's match and this saturday's match because uh we're not going to be recording a post at new mexico so we'll give a some coverage here to uh, the upcoming two matches here so without further ado let's go ahead and get started y'all we got our usual two co-hosts here sharon and jared but first uh, let me go to the soon-to-be birthday girl sharon how's it going welcome <laughs> hey thanks well thanks for the welcome to the podcast um everything was going great uh you know i couldn't ask for anything better my birthday is a week away but we'll talk about some things in glosses of gratitude. But all is good. Jared, how you doing, bud? Like a pincushion. <laughs> uh, just uh, getting some uh, not quite last minute shots, but uh, shots to keep me healthy while I can for uh, the end of the month. But uh, other than that, uh, doing, doing pretty good. Just uh, glad we had such a ma- uh, major and successful 916 uh, day this past Saturday, not just Republic, but uh, also some other nearby teams. But, uh, yeah, I can't wait to get back in- into talking about this past Saturday's match. It feels like it's been forever. Yeah, exactly. That's that's how it's felt to me as well. And luckily, we won't be getting another break of those two. And hopefully the USL doesn't do more of those. I mean, it's not that great to go a week and a half, essentially. And then not only that, but then to get two games that are so back-to-back. It's like, maybe we should have had this game uh, last Wednesday. <laughs> but... uh at least we got the win, though. At least uh, the wait was worth it for everyone who <laughs> was waiting for uh, last Saturday's match. All right. Well, Sharon, uh, go ahead and get us started here with uh, Golazos of Gratitude. And now one of my favorite segments, Golazos of Gratitude, where each of our hosts takes a minute to reflect and express gratitude to people, situations, or events that have touched them. Anyhow, let's go. Let's hear some Golazos of Gratitude. So, oh goodness, if anybody saw the State of the Republic and my Instagram story, I have so many people to thank for making the weekend super special from starting with you, Louise, for actually doing the social media and getting everything posted. And it's like we had over, like, together 100 likes, uh, you know, for that post alone, which was just, I wasn't expecting that. And I wasn't expecting the outpouring of, um, I don't know, you know, just re- recognize that's not the word I'm, I'm looking for. Luis, what's the word? Jared, what's the word? It's like, it's, 
I felt warm and fuzzy when I saw people enjoying what you had recorded, Luis, for the day, because my um, account manager, whose name is Kyle, he's relatively new, but he and Sammy, who's the lead account rep person, picked me at the request of, I think, my sister to be fan of the month, which is, it kind of blew me away. And then they told me all the things that would happen for a fan of the month. And it's like, oh, come on, guys, you know, just let me sit down during warmups or, or whatnot, you know. But they really made it special. We had a bunch of people down in the, on the grass area watching warmups together, you know, and I just appreciate everybody who was doing that. But special thanks to Kyle. And then Connor Sutton, you know, came over and did a little quick interview. Jared ended up sending that to me so I didn't have to hunt around for it. But between Luis and my sister and everybody else, it was just such a, a sweet little, you know, celebration of Fan of the Month and also the fact that my, you know, my birthday's in a week on uh, the 25th of September. So yes, I'm a Libra, um, if anybody asks, and uh, things do get crazy in my brain, which is a typical Libra trait. Luis would know well about all of that. You know, you, you, you're torn between being a creative and uh you know, somebody who's striving for greatness and surrounding yourself with beauty. And if you know Luis, you know, he's all those things. And I rattle around in my brain that way, too. So anyhow, just for all of the experiences that I've had so far, I'm just really grateful for everybody. <sighs> Jared, what are your thankfulness? What are you thankful for? Oh, and the win, the three points at home. Man, that was amazing. But we'll get into that in a little bit. Jared. Well, I'm definitely grateful for uh, the timing that I have um, since I've, uh, unfortunately, was given my release from the club that I'm in uh, locally. Uh, That's just my uh, small speak uh, for things. Uh, But uh, they've given me the until the end of this month for insurance. So I've been grateful. I've had the time to get everything done. Vision works, you know, get my eyes taken care of Walgreens uh, getting a uh, last minute shots and prescriptions to fill me up. So thankful to, to all, all those folks. Uh, also th- thankful to uh, the club and everyone involved that, uh, that ma- made Sharon a fan of the month. It was just so awesome seeing that uh, just uh, come across and also seeing Louisa being there uh, as well. I, I just wish I was somehow able to, to make it over there, you know, to, you know, for the trifecta, but Either way, it, was, it still looked uh, pretty awesome over there. And then also to Luis Felipe for uh, recreating uh, Portland for us. For those of you that might not remember Mario Panagos back in Portland a couple of years ago at the desk, uh, winning winning the game for us. So definitely a big appreciation on, on that. And, you know, our, our usual glazos, uh thank you to uh, John for keeping us uh, updated about uh, Huddersfield Town. And I was actually able to uh, let him wear that. Uh, unfortunately, Coach uh, Neil Warnick is going to be having his last match uh, as manager, but we'll talk to that a little bit later on. Uh, but uh, those are some of the big, biggest glosses I've got. How about you, Luis? So for mine, uh, first of all, major one goes out to Sharon because not only did she uh, invite me to be there on the field right there before the game, which was a really awesome experience. It's always interesting to be able to 
see the behind the scenes, see Connor trying to guide everyone there and, and all that, and just how everything gets coordinated really well. And to see the players training and also step into the pitch and all that is a, a really interesting experience too. So thank you for that. And also thank you for getting me a ticket in section 104, which is really awesome. You get to see a lot of people that, that you know right there. So thank you. That's a great section to be at as well. If anyone is uh, trying to figure out sections after 105, 104 is basically equivalent because you're right there behind the bench and the players could turn around and <laughs> see you if you're shouting at them and all that. So uh, that, that's really awesome. And then, of course, one goes out to the entire team and, you know, they gave us a great match. I think, in my opinion, it should have been more than 1-0 because we had quite a few opportunities. A Sadly, a missed PK, but, I mean, those things happen in the sport. So, I mean, it's it's all good. Um, but I just really enjoyed seeing the team, like, never give up, try to get those three points till the very end <laughs> because it literally was the very end, the last 30 seconds of the match. And it just goes to show for anyone who plays the game, you know, play until the referee blows the whistle right? Because you never know what could happen. It, it might seem like, you know, towards the last minutes, all the teams are all rushed and nothing is really going their way. But hey, you get your opportunity and all you need is one second to score a goal, really, right? So uh, Luis Felipe took advantage of that. And that was really great. And then while we're on the subject of the team, also to the team bench, because being in section 104, I got to observe more of what goes on uh, in the team bench. And I got to say, seeing Kapi and a few of the other uh, bench staff turn around and tell us, like, hey, everyone, like, come on, come on, like, make some noise, right? Just in general, I'm not even talking about, like, in corner kicks because everyone knows that we all get rowdy during those moments. But just in the middle of the game, I mean, the ball was, like, in somewhere around, like, midfield. And he was right there telling everyone, like, come on, all right, come on. So I got to say, I hope they keep doing that because it really does help, you know, kind of encourage people to to be louder to like make some noise and all that so shout out to them for you know not only being involved in the match but also with the fan base right there and trying to you know get everyone contagious with the, the atmosphere and to pump the team up and all that i think that really helps them out a lot all right well with that being said let's go ahead and uh, talk about our first topic of the night and i thought since uh jared again broke the news to us here uh Basically, I think a few minutes ago, I just <laughs> saw the poster on our group, which if you haven't joined yet, I know we haven't really mentioned it in quite a bit too, but we have a group on Facebook called Sacramento Soccer Fans. So you're welcome to uh, submit your request to join and uh, you'll see us very active on there sharing a lot of things going on around the, the sport. And But it turns out that one of our newest signings and also the youngest ever athlete to be signed Davian Kimbrough is actually about to be called up to the Mexican under-16 national team. And it's quite an honor, right? It might be in uh, the under-levels, but to have one of our academy guys be called up to a national team is always really great. And again, it just goes to show how talented players we have when they get that call up. And, and not just that, but if anyone doesn't know, with the Mexico national team, they have a, a sort of crisis going on where the team hasn't been doing that well. The players they've been calling up haven't been all that great. And they've even had to actually uh, call up some players that weren't even born in Mexico and, you know, have zero Mexican ethnic background and all that too. And a lot of people are kind of against that too, which makes sense. I mean, people want to see national teams that are more 
representative of their teams. And so seeing one of our players there get the opportunity at that level and who knows, right, maybe potentially make it up to the senior team is uh, really awesome and a really good strategy on behalf of the Mexican national team. Uh, as much as the U.S. national team might hate that, <laughs> it happens, right? But if a player has dual citizenship, then I say take advantage of it if you have a player that, you know, was born in another country, but can also represent your country through, uh, you know, one of their parents uh, being from that country too. So we're proud of him. And, uh, you know, we can't wait to see him out there too, depending on who they play against. Uh, we'll have to keep a track on like who the uh, under 16 of the Mexico national team is uh, playing. But what do you guys think? Great news, right? We really just signed him and, you know, he gets a call up like, and he gets to be in the bench in this last Saturday's game. I mean, the, the guy's having a, the time of his life this year, right? He truly is, you know, and I just hope that his trajectory is always positive and fruitful and it is exactly what he wants. Because think back to when you were 13 years old, what was on your brain when you were 13? I mean, it's different at age 13. So he has to um he has to stay grounded and I think having his parents you know, involved and understanding what all this is. And if he has a good agent and mentors, he should stay grounded through this process, but good for him. I want to see him play. And it's just, you know, I'm not always there at the Academy matches, but it certainly may make me want to go see an Academy match so that I can see him. Um, Jared, what did you think? Because you were the one. Thank you so much for also posting that, you know, discovering and, and sharing that with everybody so that we know. Yeah, I, I was kind of hoping to hear some kind of progress as well. I mean, it was great seeing him being on, on the subs list this past Saturday. So that kind of gave a little bit of hope that maybe we might see a preview of, of what he's uh, got in store for us. But uh, oh, this, the, to see this call up to, to the Mexican uh, U16 club, I mean, that that's further proof that that we are a, a talent factory. I mean, we've put out so many excellent players over the years by way of the Academy. And this just shines as yet another example of what uh, the Central Valley brings to the soccer world. So I'm, I'm just ecstatic that uh, he got the call up. I mean, this just proves he's, he's going to do more and more great things as uh, time progresses. And he's not, not even out of his teens. So, I mean, this is definitely a, a load of promise that that he's given. I'm I'm excited for it. Yeah, and I think it's good that coach gave him the opportunity to be in the bench and experience, uh, you know, what it's like to be involved in a game day and and all that. But I'm still of the group that says, like, be patient with him. Don't sub him in into a league game until he's completely ready, right? And if we have a few friendlies uh, next season where he can play, then I think that's fine. That is a friendly match, but. I think as far as uh, making his USL debut, I would probably wait like a year and a half. And I know that's like a while from now and a lot of people might already want to see him, but I just think got to be patient with him and don't rush him into a situation where, you know, he might not do as great as he could do, right? So so we'll see when he makes that debut, but uh, good for him for being able to uh, represent the Mexico national team. And again... Hopefully it goes well, and in the future we someday see him with uh, the senior squad too, because that that would be quite uh, the story for him there. All right, well let's talk about this uh, last Saturday's game 
the 1-0 win against El Paso, the last literal minute goal by Luis Felipe, who I think it's been a while since we've seen in the score sheet, if I'm not mistaken, right? I mean, he was injured for quite some time, and to see him back there and to see him score a goal in, in a Luis Felipe fashion, right? I think we've seen a few uh, goals in, in a similar style, so it, it was great. It was great to see him like that and, and to see him one of those guys that we know never gives up, right? Is always like trying to to score, trying to get those opportunities at goal. To see him finally get it, I think was a uh, was really fantastic, especially in the last minute. So before we talk about that goal, I want to hear your guys' thoughts overall on the match. What you think in uh, this what again week and a half break that we had in between and and all that, but it clearly didn't affect it, right? Look at the guys who played ninety minutes. Look at them. That would be Luis Felipe played ninety minutes right? It was amazing what the man did. Uh, I was bummed to see Matt LaGrasa come out so early, but Nick Ross going in, it was seamless. It was great. The whole match itself, I thought, okay, props to El Paso for keeping us. There are some teams that have figured out our number to keep us from running up the score like we've done in a couple other matches. Props to El Paso for figuring that out. And forcing us to, you know, wait until the last freaking minute. But I will say that Luis Felipe goal with the assist from Keko, who perfectly lofted the ball over the top of everybody only to land on. He did that several times, you know, as far in a, as opposed to a driven ball. Um, we had a couple guys that were uh, firing driven balls across, which are fairly, I don't want to say easier for the keeper to pick off. But these lofty ones, those are pinpoint accuracy for somebody running on the running up to the back post, which is what Luis Felipe did. Overall, I enjoyed the match. I think Carlos came up with a couple of really big saves. We'll have to look at some of the stats in a little bit. I think Carlos was fabulous in goal. Um, I thought our defense was great. Did you guys notice in the last, what was it? At the last 10 minutes when we had to pull, um, we had to pull off oy, 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 uh, Jack. Jack had to come off and they switched Jared Timmer up and they played with two center backs, Shane and Connor. Did you guys notice the shift in momentum the minute that happened? I was a little nervous that we only had two center backs with Nick Ross dropping in in the D mid, but everybody else was to press. Did you see how many times Jared Timmer made that run inside? You know, very similar to either what Jack was doing. He ended up being a big body up top. And I don't think El Paso had a response for that. And when they did see Timmer coming in like that, uh, you know, and coming into the box, they were distracted, which guess what? Anytime you do something like that, where you switch it up and you switch up the number of players are going to be on the attack, you end up having somebody like Luis Felipe all by himself. There's a song about that. Um and it it just worked out splendidly. That was an amazing change in formation when Jack got injured and had to leave. What did you guys think about all of the whole game and everything like that? Uh, it was definitely a hard-fought match. I mean, like I've said a couple times, when it comes to El Paso, you don't know if you're going to get the El Paso from earlier this season that was battling us for first place or if you're just going to get uh, the – not worse, but worse slash mid 
kind of game El Paso does put put out uh, l- lately. But you know they they were showing flashes of excellence. I mean they they had a great defense. Uh, their goal their goalkeeper has definitely made some good saves as as d- during some of the matches. So I don't know if any of them are going to be uh, qualified for save of the week. But uh, I mean. The El Paso keepers guys were cut out for him, and just the fact that he was able to hold the Western Conference leader to one goal when it could have easily been three or four, I mean, you got to give some props uh, to that. So El Paso def- definitely uh, not not a uh, not anyone you can bet the house against, but that just really depends on which El Paso team they brought in, and thankfully uh, we were able to at least get. One past them, and when it counted, I mean, literally the last second when it counted. So, what was your uh, thoughts about it? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't an easy match because uh, we knew El Paso; they were right there, sitting just barely in eighth place, and they knew they had the pressure. Right, they needed to get the three points, and and we all saw it. Right, I don't know if you guys saw it on TV, but uh, being right there in the stands, uh, they, they were still trying to tell the referee that they should have given more time, which. To me, it was like, <laughs> are you guys serious? Like, the referee just actually gifted them an additional entire minute, which, again, our goal came in at the very last second, so that should not have even been a, a thing right there. But all the players just, like, completely were, like, down in the ground, right? Like, they couldn't believe that they had just missed out on a point because we know, looking at the standings, that, you know, they, they were right there, right? In fact, Monterey won uh, 3-2, and they actually uh, were able to go up, so... What I had said before about us doing a favor to Monterey and Oakland actually ended up happening <laughs> with the win. So you're welcome, Bay Area teams, because uh, we actually helped you guys out, despite actually Oakland losing as well. But at least El Paso uh, doesn't move on. But yeah, they were a difficult team to to deal with. And in fact, they had a few opportunities as well. Even though we had more chances, I think that they had some that could have gone their way and the scoreline could have been different, right? So I think could have been a game for either side, but it was one of those games where, you know, you're having opportunities on both sides and you just never know when you might get that goal. And we've seen it happen to us, right, (laughs) on the other side. So you always got to have that concentration. I'm glad that, you know, the team was able to pull through despite the situations that went on. And we know Jack, like you mentioned, Sharon, got subbed out. I hope he's okay. I haven't heard any status update. I don't know if you heard... Anything shared on like Jack or Matt and how they're doing, but hopefully everything is is good with them. But and also with uh, Sebastian because we saw him drop to the ground a few times. <laughs> so last thing we need is for him to be out again too. So hopefully everyone is fine. It was also a physical game uh, that we saw on Saturday. Again, they had the pressure, all this going on as well. Of course, our team wanted to clinch playoffs which ultimately the three points uh, allowed us to do so. So different circumstances for both sides. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, we got the win. We had a really uh, enjoyable match. And and Carlos Aldana gets yet another clean sheet, right? How great is it for uh, a goalkeeper like him that, you know, might not have seen that many minutes this season. But, you know, the time that he has seen has been pretty good. I mean, we'll take a look at the stats to, like, you know, check what his clean sheet totals looking like, but it looks like when he like gets that opportunity, he's, he's wrecked in a, a few clean sheets there. So good for him. Makes us really happy that coach is giving them an opportunity as well. And uh, I'm sure we'll probably see uh, Danny back on Wednesday. Cause it looks like coaches doing some uh, 
necessary rotations, I think, especially when you have games uh, so close to one another there. But let's go ahead and look at, at the goal again, scored by Luis Felipe in the 94th minute. And you had to be there to just like see how the stadium just like completely like <laughs> sparked up when the goal happened too. And in fact, I got to say, some people actually were leaving before. I know you probably saw him, Sharon, like probably 10 minutes before <laughs> the goal was scored, probably in the 85th minute, which I know that's a constant thing and all that. But hey, if, if you're one of those people that does that, you know, here's the reason why y'all should stay till the very last second until the referee like blows the whistle. Stay. I know it's tough for people because people are trying to like beat the traffic and all that. But let me tell you, it's worth being stuck in traffic for being able to see a, a last minute goal. <laughs> so I had two, four friends total, two, two groups that came and kind of like, okay, we're going to, we're going to leave now, you know, and they kind of wave and, you know, we high five and they left. One of them left in the 90th minute. They stayed to the 90th minute and then they left. And I saw them yesterday and they're like, we're kicking ourselves for not staying to the very last whistle. Because like you said, you know, they want to beat the traffic, whatever. And it's kind of like, are you in that much of a hurry where two hours of your life can't go to two hours and five minutes and then sit in your car and talk about it and everybody's going to get out of the park. It's not the end of the world to wait your turn to leave the park. Anyhow, I'm bummed for them because that feeling in the stands when the goal happened at the death was the most, that was had to have been one of the more incredible feelings as 11,000 people could feel alongside the players in the match and the staff. It was the happiest I've ever seen Mark Briggs most animated when he scored this goal. Everybody, Roro was the first person to jump into Luis Felipe's arms. So. Yeah, nobody had a prayer for, you know, on the other team. Nobody had a prayer with respect to this goal. There's no way that El Paso could have done anything to stop this goal from happening. But look at, okay, so if anybody watches the replays or any of the highlights, you'll see Roro jumping straight into the arms of Luis Felipe. (laughs) And it was, you know, it was just, that's just a fabulous (laughs) celebration from the capital from the captain and everybody else, you know? Yeah, that was quite the jump, too. Because <laughs> we know Luis Felipe is a tall dude, too, so... <laughs> that was a bit... Yeah, Rover was not the tallest person on the team to to make it all the way up to Luis Felipe's six-foot-something frame. That was funny. You're funny. You're funny, Luis Urbano. You're yeah. funny. Uh, I should know because me and Roro are, like, the same height is what I found <laughs> out. So. I just hope the old man didn't injure himself jumping up that high. <laughs> and I hope Luis Felipe didn't get injured by having all these guys jumping on him. I always worry about that. Not too much, but you know, when you've got the, you know, it's like your knees, ah, your ankles, ah, you know, and you're at the end of the game and you've got all the guys on top of you and jumping on you. It was like, ah, don't injure the man. He's golden. I don't know. Looking at that vertical, it's not going to, not going to surprise me if uh, Roro ends up getting a call from uh, either Vivek Ranadive or uh, uh, Monty McNair, you know, for this coming October or, or November. And Vivek Monty, if you're listening, let's wait on that until maybe late November, early December. You know, let let us win the cup first. 
but uh, but no, but no. I mean, I I just love that rower had had that passion to just go running straight for uh, for uh, Luis Felipe and just celebrate uh, that goal. I mean, that was an amazing goal. And like I mentioned earlier, it is up there with uh, Mario Pinagos uh, scoring that last second goal in Portland a few, a few years ago against Temper Sioux. I mean, it was, but but this time it was at home, so you just had. All 11,000 people just loving the fact that this came in at the 95th minute or so because we were hoping to get that win and not settle for just the draw and then having the tie with San Antonio. But no, this just gives us the win, gives Carlos the shutout, which unfortunately at this time there was no monsoon afterwards here in Arizona, but I'll let it slide. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, this was definitely a way to. Uh, celebrate 916 day with it was such a big win and also yet another clinching the first team in the western conference to clinch playoffs so yeah, it was definitely a great night and speaking of 916 day i mean the player who scores the goal is number 96 so all they need is that one in between so coincidence right nine blank six you know so that one could fit easily in there yeah it was that one was... zero too, right? He scored huh? the one zero. I'm like, he scored the one zero. So yeah. there's the one right there. There's the one. Nine one six. Nine one six. Oh, you're clever. See, there's that creativity thing again, Jared. <laughs> that Libra weirdo ness. Yeah. yeah. Number ninety six. Number ninety six just needed the one, and he got it. Oh. Yes. Need, oh, I feel a meme coming on. I feel a creative <laughs> meme coming on from Arizona. Wouldn't that be dandy? What, other than the Thomas the Tank Engine one I already made? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> that was a good one. That was so good. Uh, you know, lately, your last few memes have just slayed me, and I've been dying. And it's like, oh, my God, those are good, man. Those are some good ones. Now, one more thing I want to point out on this goal, too, is assist, right? Assisted by Keiko. And I'm so glad that, you know, yes, I, I know it must be tough for a guy like Keiko to have to start in the bench and all that. And I get it, right? He's one of those players that wants to start from like the first minute. But to see him out there, to see him make a difference and to see him, you know, make this little like quick movement right there to like position himself well for that cross that ultimately led to the goal there was really awesome. And we've seen him actually uh, give quite a few assists right this season. And it really makes me happy to see him back in that form. And again, he may have been on the bench, but the guy knows, like, hey, I was on the bench, but the minutes that I get to play, I'm going to try and make the most of them, whether I score a goal or I assist. I want to make sure that I get involved in the game. And and he did that, right? But a pass that was, like, so darn perfect that, yeah, he knew exactly where Luis Felipe was. So, oh man, that was definitely a pinpoint assist by Keiko. I mean, he was he was surgical with it. I mean, he pinpointed exactly where it needed to go, and Luis just jumped on it right there. So beautiful assist and an excellent header goal. You know what? What else do you need? So yeah, what else do you need? Now I don't know Luis Urbano, or I don't think Jared. I don't think you saw it, but. Connor Donovan was cramping for the last 10, 15 minutes of the match, but he still powered through. He was, he was cramping and it's like, dang, 
But then the celebration, the minute Luis put that <laughs> ball in the back of the net, all those, all that crampiness and all the, in a, you know, it was, it was, it was pretty noticeable. We were watching that. All of that went out the window and, you know, he just played like a, like the tank that, you know, strong tank that he is. And it was only like one minute later when El Paso was trying to come back down on us, you know, and, and try to shove a ball in. They blew, they literally blew the whistle when I thought there was a foul that had been called, but it was actually the end of the game. It was, it was quite amazing. It was just magic when the game ended, but I, I got to talk a little bit about some of the players. You know how um, I don't, I don't like it when a player doesn't have a plan. I like it best when a player, when he receives the ball has a plan. And so what we've seen from some of our more um, seasoned players that have played with the Republic for a while, they're moving the ball. They don't just trap and stand on it. You know, and this is, this is something even last season that if I, if I saw that sort of a situation during the match, and I'm not going to throw too much shade out here. I don't want to blow the fact that we're feeling really good about Luis Felipe and, you know, the final score. But I have to say, Christian Pirano, he stood on the ball way too many times and he didn't have a plan when he received the ball. So I would, I, if there was anybody I would say that plays differently, than what Mark has expected because he wants the ball. You trap and move and you're going to trap and move away from pressure. Even if it's a tiny movement like Keko, he makes these tiny movements, but he's still moving with or without the ball. And what it does is it changes the, the way that somebody is defending you. Because if you know, when you stand on the ball, you're giving the opposite team thousands of seconds to rearrange themselves because you're standing on the ball. And then if you just end up passing it back to the defense, why didn't you do that in the first two seconds that you received the ball? If you didn't have a plan, you get it right back to somebody who's open you, you know, that sort of a thing. So I would say that needs tightening up, but so I may have hollered that, you know, Hey, Christian Pirano, have a plan. After that, he always moved the ball. He was either cutting it inside, driving to the center lane, making his pass early, in order to get the ball back because he's actually good in tight spaces, but, but the standing on the ball has to, that has to stop. Our players don't do that. You know, they may do it in the very back defense when the attack isn't happening against them. Um, you know, they may, they may, may do that, but it's very rare to see any of our guys stand on the ball. Do you know what I'm saying? Luis, did you notice anything like that with Christian? Yeah, I mean, I noticed that everyone else was kind of like in a different game and he was still like trying to figure things out. Everyone was kind of moving around and all that. So I think maybe with time, right? I mean, he's just joined it yeah. like maybe a few weeks ago too. So hopefully he gets adapted to it too because what we've seen from him in other games has been pretty good, right? Especially those uh, that assist uh, to Luther uh, a few yeah. weeks back too. It was uh, really awesome to see. So Hopefully, hopefully gets adapted to um to that too, and uh, you know we could see him as a as a potential starter maybe in the future, maybe for next season. So yeah, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see if uh, he gets to be there because I mean we've already seen him uh, make a difference in these few right. matches that that he's been. So right, but I will say I love this three back system with Shane, Connor, and Jared. They nailed it in the early parts of the season and now they're back and they're playing really well together. And I think Shane is taking really good instructions. 
Um, they play well when Matt's on the field. It's unfortunate that he had to come off, but you know, I, I, I think those three as center back have continued to show that they know what they're doing together and they cover for each other really, really well. Um, especially when you've got Jack and, and you've got the option of Lee Desmond dropping, dropping down. Now, granted, Lee, in my mind, is still not like a midfielder runner guy, but his fitness is getting better and better every single time. So he's able to hang with the big dogs, mm-hmm. you know, up and down the, the wing side. I got to give him props because that is not a that's a young man's position or a Jack Gurr style position. I never saw Lee Desmond as somebody having to fulfill that role, but he's come on. He's been coming on strong game after game in doing that. And, you know, when you've got a guy like Russell Ciceroni in front of you, because they kind of Russell runs that whole region there. If, if Lee can't get back fast enough, have you noticed how well Russell covers for him? They're really good in communicating, you know, their style of play. But I will say, I am so mad at Sebastian Herrera for missing the PK because I had picked him <laughs> as my scorer. You know, first person to score. I was, I was, I was in the stands. I was just furious. <laughs> it's like, dude, you just lost a point for me. <laughs> that was the only thing I was worried about. I mean, I knew we would have more scoring opportunities. Yes, I should have been pissed that he missed the PK. Period. Who misses a PK when you're that experienced? <laughs> he missed the PK. I am Seba. You owe me a coffee or something. You. Because you lost me a point. Oh, jeez! You are you are, you are the only one this week that got a point. Be grateful, <laughs> Louisa. I, and I didn't get any points. Card. I know. See, exactly. You, you still move moving forward. We're we're stuck in neutral. <laughs> I guess I shouldn't be whining, but I mean, Sebastian, come on! You were like a dark horse. Nobody had picked you. To be, you know, because you've been coming off this injury thing and, and then you, ah, anyhow, ah, I'm going to have to rest my vocal cords here for a second. Um, by the way, uh, Arnold still has one more game to sit, so he's not going to be available on Wednesday. And it looks like Dami is nursing some level of an injury. I remember him holding some body part, a groin or hammy or calf. I forget what it was. Uh, at the Oakland match, he came out, um, a little bit early on that one. So I'm hoping he gets better fast. So let's take a look at the stats for uh, Sac Republic. How are the stats looking at like, and now that we only have five matches actually left, which is crazy, right? To say that we only have uh, five matches uh, remaining here in the season. But uh, in our stat leaders, of course, Russell Ciceroni, first place there. We'll take a look right now at uh, how the overall league is looking like for uh, goal scorers. But he's still in the league with 13. We actually got Luis Felipe now stepping on to second place and the lead for goal scorers, believe it or not, right? Six Whoa. goals. Yeah. Second place there. Uh, third place there, Sebastian Herrera, which had he scored that, not only would Sharon would have gotten that point, but he could have been there sharing the second place uh, spot with the team there. Jack Gurr, five goals. Not bad right there, right? For uh, Tied for third place right there. Luther with four. And uh, the list uh, goes on there. Now let's take a look at clean sheets because uh, I mentioned that before. Um, Carlos Aldana, this was his third clean sheet. How awesome is that too? And Danny's got eight clean sheets. So not too bad. Not too bad of a rate for uh, 
Carlos, considering that he's only conceded one goal, right? So out of four matches played, he's got his uh, three clean sheets and only uh, one goal against, which is really good. <laughs> really good. Sally now, you know, I think the minimum for Golden Glove, I think there is a minimum of matches, which we have yet to find out. If anyone knows that number, then feel free to let us know. But that's how uh, that's looking like right there. And the good news for that is that Danny is still number one for uh, Golden Glove because they base Golden Glove based on games played and goals scored against. So essentially, if we kept Danny in the bench for the rest of the season, we could actually have him win the Golden Glove. Is uh... What? For the league? For the league, yeah. Get out. Let's see all the other stats of the other. I know you're, I know you've been doing that. I know you've been keeping an eye on everything like that, but I want to see, I want to see what you're seeing. Uh, so actually, I guess they don't have it here on their website, but it's more when they share it on social media that you could see who uh, the leaders are. I'm surprised they don't have that part right there, but we could actually only see the the clean sheets and the saves right there. So if it was just purely on clean sheets, it'd be really tough for Danny to get there because the leader has 12 uh, from Louisville. Danny has eight. So with five games remaining, it seems really tough to, to get to that point there. But they base it off something else, which I always thought they would base it off clean sheets. But yeah, it's based on um, the number of games, which I guess it makes it fair as well. But I'm sure there's also a minimum amount of games. So you can't just have one game and then be like, hey, I didn't get scored on. And look at how high my <laughs> percentage is too. So that plays to his favor, which I think it's awesome that they do that, especially when there's injuries and all that. Uh, take into consideration uh, those things there. But, but it's pretty good for Carlos. I mean, to have three clean sheets, there's other goalkeepers that we see on the list that maybe don't even have a clean sheet or maybe only have one or two. And for a guy like him that hasn't played that many games, I think it's a, it's pretty great to see him right there uh, stacking up with other goalkeepers that might be more uh, recurring um, keepers there as well. So that's yeah, all that's and I, like. And, and, and if I was playing fantasy, if USL had a fantasy league, I would have switched my goalkeeper from whomever to Carlos because all of a sudden now he would have been accruing more points uh, in fantasy because of the way that you get points in, you know, fantasy football. Like he may would have been a cheaper purchase as well. I don't know if... Uh, That's it. Yeah. Because yeah. he, he's a bench, right, player? Right. So he would be cheaper right. and you would get cheaper. more of your money's worth. <laughs> right. And then I could turn around and sell a, sell a striker and go get a really fancy striker, you know, if I was, if I, if, if I was doing that. Sometimes I do that for the English Premier League because that's where I play most of my fantasy football. Oh yeah, that's... looking for me on that. I'm called Old Copas because I used to wear copas, you know, the Adidas uh, copas, the kangaroo skins when they made them that way. And so my tagline on um, Premier League uh, fantasy football is Old Copas, and I'm probably doing horribly right now because Holland has not been scoring. So, Ooh. number pick. Well, speaking of uh, players who score goals too, so in the uh, goal leadership board here in the league, Russell hasn't scored in a few matches too, which is really sad because uh, other players have like gone beyond. Now he's in sixth place overall on the table there, but you got two players leading the way uh, from Pittsburgh Riverhounds, Albert Dickwa, and then Danny Trejo from Phoenix Rising with 17 goals. So he's four goals away. I mean, I guess hat-tricks could happen every now and then. We do play against Las Vegas in a few weeks too so you know maybe that's this opportunity there or not too but yeah it's it's looking pretty 
far out too. So hopefully he does get some goals though, even if he doesn't win it, because we need Russell to be motivated uh, come playoff time, right? You don't want a player that hasn't scored a, a few um, in a, a few matches. He hasn't scored a few goals there. Well, let's go ahead and take a look here at the podcast winner dinner competition. And you y'all heard already, Jared and I, we're not so happy right now about this too. But, but Sharon is, although she wasn't briefly, but she still got a point. So, I mean, I guess she just wanted to get more far away from us and, and all that. But that's not the case. It's still dramatic. It was just one point. Not, not a big deal, I think, right now. <laughs> but she did get the point there. Thanks to the ref. Giving us the first yellow card, which uh, I was hoping to have some faith in the refs, but I guess they let us down here. And uh, yeah, she got the point right there too. And thanks to Seba missing the penalty, we're still close. We're still close. So thank you, Seba. We we didn't like that though. Of course, we would have preferred to see Seba score and see the scoreline be higher. But you know, if there was anything that made us feel all right about the situation, was like okay, all right, that didn't happen. <laughs> So she got the point there. Uh, and so the standings currently are Sharon's leading the way with 20 points. And then me and Jared there have 18 points there. So still anyone's game. Anything can happen, especially with those uh, yellow cards there. So we're predicting for two matches because uh, we play this Wednesday against New Mexico at home. If you all don't have your tickets yet, go get your tickets. 7 p.m. is the start time there. And it is superhero night. So you're a big fan of superheroes uh go dressed up as a superhero and all that uh embrace the the day the theme night i think it's really fun that they uh, have a superhero night there uh but first let's go ahead and start with that match let's give our predictions and so i'm gonna go ahead and go first this time i think i haven't gone first in quite some time and i'm looking at you sharon if you laugh then we got the same <laughs> scrolling again too let's see hopefully we didn't get the same scoreline because uh we want to make things different and we want to see different uh, uh, possibilities here for everyone. But I see Zach getting the win 2 0 and a clean sheet for Danny, which I think will be starting that match. I think the uh, uh, coach is going to actually do the rotations that I mentioned earlier. First goal, I think, will be from Roro. And if he doesn't see the pitch, then I see Keko getting his goal, which is <laughs> long overdue there. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh, no. All right. Well, we're going to find out what, what, what's going on right now. But a first yellow card, I think New Mexico. I'm going to give the faith once again to the refs. I hope this ref doesn't let me down. I think New Mexico gets the first yellow card. Well, Sharon, how about you go next? If uh, I <laughs> I, I'm am, curious to hear. I'm literally dying. Okay. So I don't have a clean sheet. I have the score at 2-1. But I flipped the the thing. I have Keko first, then Roro. Okay. Isn't that weird? But I don't yeah. know that Keko's going to start because he didn't start this last weekend. So usually when, you know, if we score early, well, Keko's been known to do that sort of thing. I also have New Mexico pulling the first yellow. All right. And Jared, who did not write a thing down because I don't see a pen and paper there. <laughs> I see him. Are you awake there, Jared? <laughs> yeah, I'm awake. I'm uh, not liking my results lately. And besides, you know, I don't write I write stuff down. I know, I know. <laughs> I just have to I, give you a little shit. <laughs> I just, I just leave it all to this. Uh, oh, how? What's the best way of putting it? Uh, Your brain. It, it's 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 not a crank start, but it might as well be. Oh yeah, how many times <laughs> you have to pull that lawnmower cord? 
Yeah, pretty much. It's an arm day every day. I try to pick these uh, predictions. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'm I'm going to say if as uh, low on the rung that Mexico is, I'm thinking they're going to have a little bit of fight to them. So I'm going to say one nothing uh, Republic win. And I think I am going to go. I know it's more of a knee-jerk reaction, but I'm going to go Luis Felipe uh, scoring first. If he does not get it, then I am going to go with Seba. And then I'll go with the Republic getting yellow. Oh, all right. Oh, that's a, that's a risky move right there. Huh? <laughs> I think Jared has to guess first for the Colorado sack match. And I already wrote mine down, but I'm not going to tell you what that what it is. Yeah, I wrote mine down too. So let's go reverse from what we went with the other one. So Jared, you first, and I'll go last. All right. I am going to go 2-1 Republic uh, beats Republic, as weird as that what? sounds. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I was going to say, is that a blooper as well? Oh! <laughs> keep, it, keep it on your toes, y'all. Keep it on the toes. That's Colorado Republic he's talking about. Well, The, the actually, experiment that failed. Uh, yeah. We got to make it be noted, though, so that way there's no room for interpretation later on that he is referring to Sac Republic because if Colorado yeah. wins, we don't want to say, like, hey, it was 2-1 Sacramento, not 2-1 uh, yes. Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we must put the legal requirements on there. Legally, I am saying Sacramento Republic beats Colorado uh, Colorado Springs Republic. So let's get that clarification yeah. there. That was one and then, asterisk. <laughs> then as far as uh, my goal pick uh, for that, uh, I am I'm going to say uh, Jack Gurr, you know, if he's uh, still healthy enough. Um, if he does not uh, see the pitcher, does not score a goal, I am going to go with uh, Luther uh, Luther's back uh, this week, isn't he? Yeah. Okay, Luther. And then first yellow, I'm going to say Colorado Springs. All right. I guess I will also go second. So I have us losing 1-0 because we have not played well in altitude, if you think about it. Hmm. So I, I, I'm hating myself for saying that. Please, team, make me wrong. But should we score, even though I have the zero as us, um, I'm saying it's a Russell Cicerone thing because I think he runs well at altitude. Um, and if he doesn't see the pitch, then I have uh, Seba as my backup. Um, and I also have, I have Sacramento pulling the first yellow. Oh, okay. Hey, that's, that's a pretty good prediction as well. Cause yeah, altitude and all that. Well, I don't have a win. So I think it, must be, it might be a first that we all have different results. I actually have a tie. I say two, two tie. First goal scorer, I'm going with Russell. And then if he didn't see the pitch, I see Keiko getting uh, the score there. And first yellow card, Sac Republic. So, Luis, you and I are of the same brain when it comes to the yellow card situation. Um, that's interesting. And we flipped on the Keiko Roro for the New Mexico match. That was kind of interesting. Uh, we also both wanted Russell to be the goal scorer, the first goal scorer. So... This is going to be really an interesting match to watch when we when we go to Colorado when we play Colorado. That's going to be really interesting. And who is everybody available? I'm trying to think. It's the 23rd, right? <clears throat> we play them on yeah. Saturday, the 23rd. Yeah, on the and 23rd. it's at five o'clock, right? Yeah. So what's everybody doing at five o'clock on Saturday, the 23rd? That's my birthday weekend, and I've not booked myself to do anything on Saturday night, as far as I know. So I'm going to be dialed into this match. Well, it's kind of nice that it's at five. So if anyone wants to do anything 
Saturday night, 7 p.m. is still a perfectly good time to go out and <laughs> right. enjoy your right. Saturday night, right? So that, that's the perk, I guess, of playing yeah. um, uh, at a different uh, time zone and all that. But Jared, yeah. what about you? What do you got going on Saturday? Are you going to be able to watch the match or you got some massive concert you're going to? No, that's, that's actually going to be Sunday. Uh, but uh, Saturday, Saturday, I should be good. 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 We're going to be dialed into this match, all of us on for Colorado. So as far as the Wednesday night match, Luis, did you say you were or were not going to make it? I can't make it, unfortunately, no. But okay. I'll watch the game for sure, though. Okay, okay. And I'll be there. Um, I know my sister will be there as well. I think Tina is going to be there. I think the usual suspects will be there. I don't know if Jane is going to be back in time. Um, I know John. I'm pretty sure John's going to be there. Um, and Jared, you're available to watch it, right? Yeah, on Wednesday. And everybody listening, raise your hand. You guys, if you're listening and you, because Luis is going to post this on Monday night, maybe. Um, raise your hand if you're going to be at the match on Wednesday. Oh, okay, you are? Oh, okay, good. Thank you. We're just so happy to see you. Um, I have a few podcast stickers left. So if you haven't picked up a podcast sticker, come find me in section 105. Um or wandering the grounds, which I rarely do. But yeah, there you go. Yeah, well, a lot of people are actually going to go to the match on Wednesday then. I saw a lot yeah. of hands. Uh, just uh, I'm just right here, like just seeing a lot of hands of uh, the people yeah. listening right now. So and re- really great. awesome. Yeah. yeah, it's great. And I think I saw a bunch of players raising their hands. So that that's great too, because, you know, and staff, I mean, I saw Connor, you know, Sutton, he raised his hand. He's going to be there. Um, so yeah, I believe he's gonna be in BIP too, if I'm not mistaken. Who is? Connor Sutton is gonna be in BIP, yeah. Oh, okay. okay. He's even well, gonna be yeah. able to be on the field as well. So he's he's pretty lucky. He gets to be on the field, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how he got access to the field, but that, that's what I've been hearing. <laughs> all, I, all I know is Connor better put down the hot pepper. I mean, <laughs> I know summer's at the end, but it's not that time to warm up that uh, that quickly. So Put the cayenne, put the habanero, put uh, the Carolina Reaper down, uh, Connor. This could change a lot. Jared could be first place in, in a matter of like, what, a few days, right? It went, what, like four or five days? And that next Sunday, we could be talking about Jared being a first place. Could That's be. True. I mean, there, there's, there's a possibility. There yeah. is a possibility. And woe is me if, I, if we decide that we're going to do proxies again. We could, yeah. We could. We'll have three more games uh, after uh, the Saturday's match. Um, we'll be back at home against Las Vegas Lights, which I think a lot of people will be happy to see. But again, don't sleep on them. You never know. The Lights have been known to do some like, <laughs> you know, shocker of results too. But that'll be on a Sunday. So everyone knows we're back to a Sunday game, October 1st, 4 p.m. I'll actually be at that match because it is a few days before my birthday. And I'm sure the weather is going to be really nice. 4 p.m. on a Sunday, y'all. You still have enough uh, time to enjoy your Sunday evening afterwards, maybe and uh, hopefully celebrate a victory as well. So shout out to the team for doing a match on a Sunday at four. I think that's the perfect time. And then we go down to Texas on the 7th of October against RGV Toros. 5 p.m. is the start time for that. And then our last regular season home match is against Miami FC and then a familiar face in Joaquin Rivas, who we've had here on the podcast. I'm not going to be at that match, Sharon, but I hope you get the chance to uh, say hi to him too. In fact, we might even have him on the podcast before. So 
keep an eye out for that. We might see if he's able to to be on. So no no promises, but we'll try our best and see if he's able to. He's always been so gracious in in stepping up and being on the podcast. Um, so very interesting about you know these upcoming matches and the the Sunday match at four o'clock. Um, man, it's gonna. The, it feels weird to have the season coming to a close. Not, I shouldn't say it's not yet coming to a close, but it is. If you think about it, how many home games are, are left? And by the way, if we do proxies for the October 1st game, I pick Jorge. I'm, I'm going with Jorge. Jorge, you're my guy this time for my proxy. Ooh, so what, me and Jared have to start thinking of uh, where proxies will be like for, uh, for that match, especially since we'll be uh, predicting on that. In the following recording, so Jared, start thinking of yours. I, I Jared always Scott Bradford, so that leaves the whole world open for you, Luis, you John, <laughs> or you know, exactly. Scott's my Nostradamus. I know. You know, right? Omen recognize Omen recognize Omen. <laughs> and let's just say it's going to be a critical pick because with three matches left after that. We're, we're getting down to the last few matches, right? So anything can happen. I know playoff time, we're also going to have a competition. But playoff time, you don't know how far you're going to get, right? We might just get one match. So right. uh, some critical points there uh, towards the end of the season there. But speaking of playoff time, yes, we clinched playoffs. And they saved me from doing the math and all that, which thank you for the team. But there is something else I need to do the math on. And that is what can guarantee us to actually be in the top four spot because Again, you get to host that first playoff game. And not only that, but you just keep hosting. If you uh, keep moving up, the higher you are in the table. So currently, and I wish all the teams had the same amount of points. So that way it wouldn't be as weird and like jumbled up and all that. <laughs> but currently in fifth place is San Diego Loyal. They have 43 points and they do have one game in hand two. from us. Well, from us too, because they, they have 20 games yeah. played. So currently they basically have six games left. You multiply that by their potential of 18 points. This means that they could potentially reach 61 points. Should they win everything? Again, it's kind of tough to see a team win that many matches, but it has happened and it could happen there. So 61 points is uh, what they could reach. So as of now, we would actually need seven more points out of the five games. So seven points out of 15 to guarantee a home spot, which doesn't seem that out of the ordinary, right? I mean, given that we have, a few games at home in between those. I think it's doable. So basically the magic number is get two wins and a tie at home for those three uh, remaining regular season home matches. And we're set. Or again, if San Diego loses, then you take those points away. And all of a sudden now we only need four points because they could only reach 58 points there. So that's as easy as it is too. So I don't want to say anything. We don't want to jinx anything, but you know what? Just keep doing what you're doing. Don't lose points at home. And we get to host at home and beyond, hopefully, as well. So I still I still say if we end up winning out the rest of the se- rest of the season, points are gonna be looking very nice. Yeah, Just especially overall. more points. 15 yeah. more points. And overall in the USL as well, right? Because currently, sure, Pittsburgh Riverhounds are in first overall with 57 points, but they do have one more game than we do. So we have to let that be known, right? If we do get the win the next match, we are going to be tied. And we actually be number one overall right there. But currently we're tied with Tampa Bay 
which has uh, 54 points, and Charleston Barry has 53 points. So things are, are getting, uh, you know, pretty even up in the East right there with us. But you know what? Yes, Jared, if we basically get all the remaining points, we could actually be first place. There's no other team that could uh, take us down if they do. So, yeah, we have a lot to play for still. And hopefully the team, I know we clinch playoffs, but... Like, just keep on going. We got to keep seeing our starters. This is no time to uh, start maybe, like, completely changing the team and allowing all the subs to <laughs> to start matches because, uh, you know, we, we want to be in first place. We want to see some matches, <laughs> and we want to see as many matches as possible if they keep moving on. So We just need to keep the foot on the pedal. Do not let off. That's true. Yeah. So that's very good. Luigi did a great job of, of recapping and, and helping everybody understand, you know, what's at stake. And I appreciate that. But I kind of want to go across the pond for a little bit and talk about uh, Huddersfield Town Athletic uh, AFC uh, to talk about the fact that Neil Warnock is going to be replaced and that HTF AFC is, is their intentions were initially stated that Neil Warnock was not going to be the permanent manager and that they were going to seek out somebody, you know, to take over. I mean, that was, that was a, a discussion that had happened a while ago, but I think it took a few people by surprise that uh, Neil Warnock would, you know, his final game is going to be against Stoke. What do you guys think overall about, you know, what Kevin Nagel is doing with um, Huddersfield town and what do you think they're feeling over there or was this something expected and it just happened sooner and it's all good and happy days and what do you think well i mean it, the writing may, may have been on the wall according to some folks but you know it's still gonna hurt uh seeing uh neil uh, no longer walking the sides uh as he has been i mean hopefully he'll still have a role with the club in some fashion or another uh but I mean, I, I just have to say, we just have to trust the process. I mean, look what Kevin Nagel has done for the Republic FC. I know it's a different stage, you know, be, being there in the UK, but, you know, I trust what he's doing. He's got the, the fans in mind. So I know whatever choice he's make is going to be a, a very uh, hard, th hard thought and hard fought uh, decision. So, you know, let's just hope for the best and hopefully that translates into uh, more wins on the field. Yeah, to me, it's kind of strange. I mean, I don't know exactly like the exact reasons and all that, or maybe it was a personal uh, decision on his part, but to like just change a coach like that. And, you know, they just started, right? They haven't really played that, that many matches and like looking at like the standings and matches played. I mean, they've only done six matches. They've actually been able to win their last two matches, which is great because, uh, they didn't have uh, as great of a start. So I don't know. I'm not a fan of like when teams switch coaches like that. I get it. I mean, if a team has lost their last like five, six games, you see those things happen and, and I get it. And I'm actually like supportive of that too. If you have a lot of matches lost and there's no clear idea where this team is going, then yeah, I'm all for uh, doing that. But I mean, they, they won the last two matches. And when you bring in a new coach, you're going to have those weeks of adaptation, the players need to figure out who this coach is and what their new game plan is and all that. So I don't know. It's a little risky. Again, if it was a personal decision by Neil, then I get it, right? There's nothing they could really do. But to just like have him like leave just like that, 
I don't know. It's it's a bit tough, I think, in my opinion, especially when you have a coach of the history of him, right? That has quite the the following, right? People know him. He's a historic uh, coach in their history. It's not easy. I probably would have left him till the end of the season, and if it was personal, maybe try to convince him to to stick around. Uh, but yeah, it's tough, and I'm sure it'll be tough on the players too to have to now deal with the new coach that might have new players step in that maybe weren't given that many chances, but that could change the system. I don't know. But we'll see in time, right, uh, how this decision affects the team. But I just think it's way too early to to do that. And maybe they could have waited till the end of, like, the winter season, right, when they're about halfway through. Maybe, right? So you get, you know, a few weeks of a, a new coach being able to uh, doubt. But, yeah. And that's funny because that's what, um, that's what Neil Warnock, I think, was quoted as saying or somebody – Maybe it was our, our podcast partner. They were talking about that. I forget where I where I saw that, that it was anticipated for the December break, you know, the holiday break, um, that that would be when they would make the make the change. But it didn't happen that way, which is, you know, just it's just unfortunate. Yeah, but they're doing well. Hopefully, even with the new change, they could still keep uh, moving up because they're currently sitting in a 17th place and there's 24 teams in the championship there. so. You know, they're moving away from those like dreaded last three <laughs> relegation spots, which nobody wants to be there. And you know what? They pull another win and they could be sitting in the top like 10. So I, it's still really early on. All the teams are right there and all that. So hopefully they can uh, they can reach that top 10 and be that much closer to uh, promotion and or potentially to like that playoff spot that can get in one of the remaining, you know, promotion spots. We know that's how it works right there in the championship. So. Yeah, but as always, we're keeping a close eye on them too. We're seeing uh, what they have going on too. So best of luck to whoever uh, takes over uh, the coaching position right there too, which we'll see who it is. It'll be interesting to see who who takes the role. It's never easy to be a coach in the championship. For Like we know, we know how much pressure they're dealing with. And in general, I think just being a coach in England is, uh, is quite the job because we know that you could be, you know, gain the boot if you uh, miss out on like three or four games before you know it you're gone right because that's that's how quick uh the league goes on and, and how much pressure they have to go through with relegation in sight at times for teams so all right well thank you for mentioning that sharon that was yeah. really awesome uh, um we'll have to have john too since uh, we know john's the one that gets more into the the weeds and the stats and all that i'm just here looking at the standings right there but i unfortunately haven't been able to follow them as much but he does always keep us <laughs> up to date on scores and how things are going there too so we, yeah uh, we yeah. should have him on uh the next time we pod after the game on saturday um we should we should have him come on and and talk a little bit because that that will have been after they've made a change and i don't know if they will have quickly brought in the new manager after their game against stoke but um anyhow hey i had one more little mention and i should have done this you know minutes and minutes and like a half hour ago sorry everybody who's hanging in there but i saw somebody uh so our academy was active this last weekend and one of our former assistant coaches is the um central valley fuegos academy under 20 um coach adam smith and he was one of our former guys uh years ago uh assistant coach and he's he's darn good he does, he's good at what he does well he was at our match 
on Saturday nights, we had a chance to get caught up. And also Elliot Horde, who's part of, you know, the Academy team. So between Elliot and Adam, I mean, I felt like, you know, surrounded in love and, you know, all that other good stuff. And I kind of wanted to give a mention to them because they're all friends of mine from way back. You know, if you think about it, you know, if I haven't given somebody a ride somewhere, somewhere I've, you know, hung out with their kids or their wives or their, like in Elliot's case, his, you know, sweetheart, Marissa, who's just wonderful. And I've met their cat. Um, so, you know, it's kind of fun to see these wonderful people who are part of developing soccer to be still involved in the lovely game and to still be the same people they used to be. And I will tell you this, it doesn't matter how you put your trousers on one leg after the other. We are all human. We are all cut from the same mold. We are all believers in this beautiful game. And we, you know, there's just a lot of love with this sport. And if it, I think if it wasn't for this sport, a lot of um, my personal growth would not have occurred. And, you know, there's, there's times and Jared, I know you can relate to this. There's times where, you know, you don't feel so low, like exactly five years ago, I had uh, surgery to remove breast cancer. Um, and if it was, it was a lot of this sport and the people that we know together that made me make sure that I came out bright on the other side, you know, as much as it hurt and, you know, there's lots of things you go through when you, you know, are a survivor. But this sport, it just keeps you moving forward. You just can't be sad if you follow the sport and you have friends in the sport. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And it's, uh, I mean, just like with Sharon, I mean, these past few years that, uh, you know, I've been a Republic of Sea fan as well as part of the State of Republic family. And it's just, uh, been a great support network you know for you know when times have gotten low or to celebrate uh momentous occasions and i, I know we uh unfortunately have uh, passed uh, a a one-year landmark with uh more recent uh loss of ours but uh i mean w- without those connections you know things would be a, a lot different so i'm just grateful to have so, so much of a big soccer family with uh uh, with Luis, with Sharon, with the Tower Bridge Battalion, with the, you know folks I've known both in Sacramento and here in Arizona, and, and otherwise uh, that uh, I might not have otherwise you know socialized with, associated with. I mean, you, I mean, y'all just bring you know the, the big biggest uplifts, you know, for not only myself but for so many other people, and, and I'm just grateful for for this soccer community to to bring that to the table. Yeah, no, I'm really glad that you mentioned all that too. I mean, we we talk about how the sport is much more than just uh, 90 minutes uh, on the pitch there too, and how we've gotten the chance to meet other fans thanks to the podcast too. And we're always meeting new people that like approach us that tell us that they uh, hear the show, and then just in general people that we didn't know, and then we're there telling them about the show, putting the stickers out there too, which. Shout out to all the places that have allowed us to actually put podcast stickers because <laughs> our sticker has been making its rounds around Sacramento and beyond. Actually, there's other places around <laughs> the country that actually have uh, our stickers. And, you know, it's been really awesome to be able to to share that and to be able to um, create new memories with everyone. And the team has allowed us to do uh, quite a few uh, traveling you know, have have quite a few of uh, those uh, traveling stories that we can now talk about. I mean, the cup final was like the biggest thing despite the result. 
we're all going to have that memory uh, forever. And you know what? They're just going to keep creating these uh, opportunities for us. To, despite what happens, sure, it would be awesome to like see like trophies upon trophies and all that. But hey, I trade actually seeing a trophy over those experiences, right? And over the team actually being able to allow us to, to you know, get to experience, you know, traveling, especially traveling over to Orlando was uh, something uh, really memorable. And when you were going into it, we were like, we don't care what happens. And I think we even mentioned it, right? It's like, doesn't matter what happens. There's already been so epic to be able to be there. And, you know, the unforgettable memory of being able to be there at the hotel lobby, interacting with other people and all that. It wasn't just us going, going to our hotel and just made meeting up, getting some lunch and then back to our rooms. No, we did more beyond that. And we got to um, provide the fans with a, a space there to talk about how excited they were to witness the match the following day and all that and then meeting up at, at the TVB spot and marching into the stadium all those were really great memories that again we'll never uh, forget to and and with it being the 10th year anniversary of the team this year you know I think in the offseason we'll definitely have a, a special episode kind of uh, talking more about the different memories we've had over the years and all that so be on the lookout for that that'll definitely happen this year because again we need to celebrate the 10 years as well and we're, we'll be doing it once uh you know playoffs time is is over with too so and we'll probably have a few special guests actually too so we're trying to plan that out and how it's going to work out but uh, we'll definitely have something here before uh the holiday season um kind of like yeah. gets into yeah. high gear in december so that sounds good hey one last galaza of gratitude speaking of huddersfield town and john I got a sticker, an, a Huddersfield Town sticker from John. He had ordered it, obviously, to be shipped to him because he's got a little bit of gear. He even has a hat now. Um, yeah, so it's it's pretty cool. And I got a sticker. Um, I have to go find it. I, it was quite the night on Saturday. You know, I got a signed game ball. Mm. Uh, not game ball. A signed ball, one of the uh, – commemorative balls that mm -hmm. so it's like i all these things i forgot to mention you know a little goodie bag and anybody wants some sunglasses <laughs> i got the republic sunglasses <laughs> y'all know what that is yeah so it's pretty it's friends are great experiences are treasured so anyhow on that note Luis. Uh, yeah well up next we'll have to figure out uh, how to get our hands on some huddersfield town jerseys maybe we'll have to reach out to our podcast friends and see if uh they can find a good spot that has them and maybe do a one quick ship order and us three could deck out in Huddersfield town gear, right. Too. And at least have a Jersey. I think it'd be nice to at least have one Jersey of theirs, right. To, to show our support, especially in the off season when there's no Sac Republic games, we're going to be right there glued to the TV, watching our, our sibling team. Right. So. Especially the fact that they do jerseys in three XL. So yes, thank you. Ooh. <laughs> Nice, uh, all across the board. And their, their color is blue, which is one of my favorite colors, too. So, oh, Cruz, definitely. Wait, what, what, what? Gee, I wonder why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I just gave a hint. I don't know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, which, speaking of Crystal, one more thing Monterey Bay, their 3 2 win. Guess who scored the third goal? One of the former Crystal players, Rafael Baca, who actually played against Sac Republic and I wasn't even aware because I didn't even see the moment but he played against Sac Republic and I, I wish I would have been there in uh, Monterey that day to actually uh, witness that but hopefully he'll make the trip over to Harholt Park which could be in playoff time I don't know how he'll be taken <laughs> and how he'll like 
want to like sign a jersey then, but oh, it might be might be playoff time. But yeah, hey. Luis, Luis is gonna go to uh, Don, uh, Don Ovan mode again with with, with the uh, marker in the jersey. <laughs> or you know, Will could probably get that jersey signed because Will likes all teams. So I bet you he would help you get that jersey signed. He might even know the players personally. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. He, he has connections with Monterey, probably. Um, Do you guys yeah. remember Ray Sari? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Guess who, like, wa- Luis, you saw him. He walked right up to me when we were down there, uh, down uh, in the warm-up area. We were watching warm-ups. He walks right up to me, and he comes and gives me this big old fat hug, and I'm like, that's Ray Sari, you know, because he used to play for us. But he's one of the coaches there for um, El Paso. And wow. so, oh, yeah. no, no wonder he seemed familiar. I mean, I, I saw the person. I mean, I saw him when he was there right. uh, talking were, to you. I yeah, had no idea and, who he was, but I was like, this guy looks familiar. I don't know from yeah. where, but I feel like I've seen him somewhere. That was very sorry. Yeah. Well, he and I used to hang out periodically. He loves wine or used to. And so it, it was fun. There were a couple of times that, you know, and I forget what year it was, 2018 or 19. Um I, I know I know it was the year that I went to uh, Irvine for that uh, you know, really fast overnight trip because I know he was on the squad then. <laughs> well, yeah, okay. So, and it was when Elliot, I think Elliot Horde was still on the squad, so it might have been eighteen. Um, Sounds about right. Yeah, and and so I took I took I've taken players yeah, to the wineries down in uh, Lodi area or whatever year um, uh, Harris uh, played for us, the guy oh. from Greece. Harrisantopoulos, yeah, yeah. It it was that year as well because I took him and his uh, girlfriend at the time down also to the wineries. Just give him something else to do, you know, when they had long breaks. But yeah, Ray, Ray, sorry, I remember that distinctly. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, speaking of memories, right? Again, more, more material for the tenth anniversary episode that we'll be talking about uh, different things too. And I'm excited for how we'll plan that out too. We got to probably talk about something every year. Is right. what I'm like thinking about too. Well, and any players who are listening, if you want to jump on our 10th anniversary episode, just to give us a, you know, a couple minutes and, and chat about, you know, what it's like to play for the Republic and what it's like to have goofy fans like us. Uh, we'd love <laughs> to hear, we'd love to hear from you and let us know that you want to be part of it. And I know we could maybe Connor Sutton, it'd be lovely to get him on. So anyway, oh okay. yeah. He's one of the people on the list. Yeah. He's on the guest list for sure. Um, I'll let you close the podcast. I know everybody wants to like turn it off and move on to their lives because people listen to this while they're at work or the gym or on a walk. So. Yeah, which thank you so much. A lot of people might also listen post New Mexico game. So y'all probably already know how that game went down and all that. <laughs> Looking forward to Saturday's match now. So it's tough when we have a Wednesday game. But see, this is why I don't like Wednesday games because then it's like you got a game in between and then another one. But that's why we mentioned both of them there uh, all at once. But as always, everyone, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. SaxSoccerPod.com is your website for all things uh, State of the Republic there, where you can listen to the shows and also leave us a voicemail if you'd like there as well. I think it's been a while since uh, we've gotten one, but we've had people in the past uh, leave us a one there too. So if you didn't know, now you know. That's a spot where people have left us uh, voicemails that we could later replay here on the show. But if you're going to the game on Wednesday... Shout out to you for going to a game midweek. I know it's not easy. Um, but with that being said, y'all, have a good night. We'll see you next uh, week. We'll probably be recording on either Saturday evening post game or Sunday. One of the two there. But you have another episode uh, to hear our reactions for uh, 
the New Mexico and the Colorado game there. So we'll see everyone. Cue the music. Let's go ahead and before we talk about our upcoming two opponents, watch well, actually indirectly talk about them. Let's look at Goloss of Gratitude, which, wait, wait. <laughs> it is Goloss of Gratitude because I am happy. All right, let me, let me restart that too. Uh, well, I, I guess we needed a blooper, right? So there you go. Uh, indirect <laughs> blooper there too. I don't even have it on the screen. I don't even know what I was thinking, but so there you go. the first yellow and I am the only one who got a point. Uh, we already talked about that. Yeah. Yeah, well, let me let me restart the whole intro so that we didn't sound really weird for everyone. Okay, great. 